Concerts podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, today is one for the books. Today I am truly humbled, truly, truly humbled to welcome a living legend, an American icon to the show. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class 1988 with the Supremes, musician activist founding and longest member of the Supremes, the best charting female group in U.S. history. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Mary Wilson. What an honor, what an honor to have this living icon in the show. Mary just recently celebrated her 60th anniversary of being in show business, and she's part of the Supremes. You know, 12, 1 million selling records, five consecutive number ones, and one of the most impactful musical groups in North American history. We had a chance to sit down with Mary. She was very generous with her time. We touched on a lot of things, uh, not only coronavirus and the social unrest, and, and, and she has some good, uh, she's lived across the country and she's seen a lot, so she has really interesting perspectives. But we also talked about the Supremes, key moments in American history, Listen, without the Supremes, we would not have so many groups and DNAs like Beyonce. I mean, I, the, the list goes on and on. The Supremes are one of the most important groups in musical history. So it is an absolute honor to welcome Mary. We hope you guys enjoy this fantastic episode. Um, we appreciate all the great feedback that you guys have given us via social media on Instagram at jrodconcertspodcast or on our email jamie at jrodconcerts.com so we just want to thank you for that uh, if you like the podcast and this is your first time welcome please subscribe and give us five stars if you can and ladies and gentlemen this is Mary Wilson of the Supremes <laughs> Mary, how are you today? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. So I have to tell you, Mary, before anything, um, there are no words. It is an absolute honor to have you here today with us, Mary. Oh, thank you. Wow. Okay. <laughs> no, no it, it really is, Mary. I mean, where do I start? You know, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, you know, 1988 musician, activist, founding and longest member of the Supremes, the best charting female group in U.S. history, Best-selling author, Mary, you recently celebrated your 60th anniversary of being in show business. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's, it's been a long run. Oh, let me turn my phone down here off. It's been a long, yeah, it's been a lo long, wonderful run. I'm very, very happy about it. And uh, hey, 
I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. What can I say? Yes. <laughs> I'm here. And, and, you know, especially with all of this going on, we have so much going on with this. So much. Uh, you know, the pandemic and then, of course, the protesting. And, and, and but I, I look at it like this. Sometimes things just come to a head. My mom used to say that when it comes to a head, then you got to bust open. You know what I mean? So <laughs> uh, that's where we are now, you know, and who knows how it all came about, but it did all come about right now. So it's got to be a reason. And my mom always said there was a silver lining somewhere, uh, you know, and in, in everything. And, and yes. I, I, I kind of think so. You know, maybe this, was, maybe this was ordained, you know, <laughs> to happen. I think so. I, we, I think we think your mom's right. We hope she's right. And uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, Mary. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned everything that's going on, Mary. Let me ask, let's start with like a couple of current event things. Um, okay. How have you been spending, you know, the past three, four months in, in, uh, in Las, are you in Las Vegas, right? I live in Las Vegas and I'm here. And, uh, you know, it's amazing because they say that the elderly are one of the most vulnerable uh, things that are going on now. And you have to be careful. And I guess I'm that way because my, my children say grandma and I have 10 of those and one great grandchild. So yeah, I'm fine, but my family is all in LA and uh, also um, they're in Georgia. They're kind of all over the place. So I'm not seeing anyone. I'm here, by, here by myself. And, uh, but I'm, I'm having a great time, you see, because as you mentioned earlier, uh, that uh, this is the 60th anniversary since I've kind of been out there on the road. And it's, it's, they said, be careful what you wish for, because I had wished for a couple of months off just to relax, because I have been <laughs> all over the world for all these years, you know, all countries, continents, and states, and, you know, islands, and everything. Yeah, and I, I, I needed a little rest, you know, to come off the sure. Uh And so, but the, be careful what you wish for. I didn't wish for a whole year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, who knows even if that's going to be what it is. But Absolutely. Yeah, um, I, I talked to John Oates the other day of Hall & Oates, and he said, ah, yeah. so this is what retirement feels like, huh? I don't like it. <laughs> I, don't, I, I know, right? And I'm not about to retire. So, so you know, to answer your question, though, I'm, I'm having a good time because I'm able to do things that I have not had an ch- opportunity to do because I'm always traveling. Uh, you know, unpacking boxes, going through my file cabinets, you know, <laughs> reorganizing my bookshelves, re- you know, throwing things away, you know, all these things. I'm having a good time doing that. And also, I'm doing lots of interviews, and I'm reaching out to people. People are reaching out to me, friends yeah. I haven't you know, heard from. One girl just uh, 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 texted me, uh, and she and I were high school friends. Oh wow! Right here, <laughs> and <laughs> so I'm, I'm, you know, I have an opportunity to catch up on on things like they say, uh, stop and smell the roses. So I'm having an opportunity to do to do that. However. You know, on the downside, I do have to say all my gigs have been canceled. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, like everybody else here wondering, okay, are we going to get back to work soon? But I do think and feel that uh, we, since this is such a huge thing, Red Fox used to say, this is the big one, you know, we need to stop and don't jump back out there too fast because, <laughs> because of money. And, you know, a lot of us need, need, you know, you need your money money to pay, you know, your mortgages and your, your, your everything. So, Absolutely. you know, on the downside, yeah, those things are going on. 
but in, then again, it's having uh, people to come out and, 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 and say, you know, we need to do something about problems that still exist here, that a lot of us, especially Afro-Americans and, and Latinos and, you know, uh, Afro-American uh, Indians, you know, the indigenous people. So there are lots, you know, it's, it's up and down and there's a lot of things happening, but we need to really look at it seriously. It's, you know, it's not, just a, it's not a movie, you know, <laughs> where right, right. ending. We have got to take care of the ending ourselves. I like that. I like that. So before we pivot to that, uh, I want to ask you about the social things, but Takesha, mm -hmm. you, your 10 grandchildren, your great grandchild are all good yeah. and healthy and everyone's good. Yeah, they, they call me every morning. In fact, my daughter, my daughter runs my company. She's, she calls herself the CEO of it. And uh, so she actually sets up all the Zooms and things like that, along with my, my uh, PR company. So uh, they are fine. Her children are fine. My son's children are fine. And uh, they're all good. They all, good. Okay. they all the time. <laughs> good to hear. Good to hear, Mary. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, you, you mentioned a little bit about the social stuff. You know, you started singing in 1959, Mary. You know, America was obviously still segregated. Um, but you guys became huge in 1964. Key point in American history, Martin Luther King, Sammy Davis, all these pioneers. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you've lived all over the country, Mary. You lived all over. So you have a unique perspective on, on what's going on. So what is yeah. your take on, on this social protest and all this social movement right now? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I've told lots of my friends that uh, we, especially those of us who are still alive in, in my age group, you know, the baby boomers, we actually experienced a lot of these things that they're protesting uh, about. Uh, sure. I'm happy to see that some of the uh, people who are protesting are, are, are not all the older people like myself. Uh, you know, they're younger. I'm glad to see that it's not all Afro-Americans who are out there protesting, uh, that everyone seems to be in it. And because a lot of, you know, a lot of times back then, I experienced uh, how it was to, to not, uh, to, you know, to drink out of a public uh, water fountain in the park, but it had to say for color only. You couldn't drink out of the one that says for white. Sure. Uh, I, I remember being on a Dick Clark uh, tour um, from from in case a lot of the young people don't know Dick Clark he was from the American Bandstand he's like one of the first rock and roller DJs to yeah. really visually DJs to visual uh, to uh, you know bring all kinds of people onto his show black white where a lot of the shows did not so you know I lived I lived through all of that and uh, and I lived when it, when I saw I was I think it was 1955. I saw on one of the black magazines, um, I think it was Jet, may have been Ebony, I'm not sure. And it showed where what young black man had been not only lynched, I mean, he was, he was beaten and bound and, and, and thrown into the river. And they showed this picture of this man on this <laughs> magazine. And so I was probably, what, the 12, 11, 12, 13, something like that. And that opened my eyes to what my parents had been telling me, you know, like mm. been telling me about all the slavery and things like that. And, you know, you hear about it. And so, you know, that really opened my eyes to what was going on. So that was more than 60 years ago, right? So yeah. now, some 60 years later, it's all out in the open. We yes, have, it is. We have our little cameras, you know what I mean? We can, we can take <laughs> everything that's going on. So now everyone... Uh, sorry, everyone is actually um, 
seeing this, you know, these young yeah. people are seeing it's like, wow, this is this is what they're talking about. This is what we've heard about. Mm. So everyone's saying, okay, this this got an end. So yeah. I think that's that's where I stand. I I, I stand with uh, opening up uh, Pandora's box, you know, and 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 seeing what's in there and say, Have okay, the truth so, laid out. Yeah, what do we want to do now? What are we going to do now about this? You know what I mean? I don't think people should be. I don't want people out there fighting and, and being angry, whatever. But you got to be a little angry when you see that these things oh, have happened. These things have happened to some of your heroes, people that sure. you, you know what I mean, the people that you admire. You know the, the the you know the black people that you admire. These things happen to their parents, to their grandparents. So we should be concerned as 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 a nation. And I think we are. I think people are now saying, okay, let's you know let's decide what we want to do, how we want to go forward. Sure, sure, Mary. Very well said. I mean, you've seen so much. I, I know you have that one story that you came to play uh, here in Miami back in the day. You, you, I think your brother was here, came to see you, stationed mm -hmm. from Vietnam. And, yes. and just the way people talked was like really kind of like just ignorant, but it yeah. was a different time, right? It was a different time. And, you know, the law was the law, you know. So if the law said that you, you don't like black people, you don't like black people, you know. So, uh, you know, it, it was one of those things where people adhere to the law. Uh, and uh, as you mentioned, my brother was in the Vietnam War and, and poor thing, he's still trying to get over that. And he's in his 70s. So, um, you know, it, 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 you're talking about the time when this lady said uh, to, to us, oh, I'm so, I allow my, my family to stay up and watch you guys on the Ed Sullivan Show. My brother was, you know, as I said, he was like a wannabe Black Panther. <laughs> And uh, he said, what, what she, and I can't curse, but she said, what the, does she mean by she allows her family to watch you on the Ed Sullivan show? Well, back then, it was true, because people did not openly like and look at black people. Uh, sure. So, you know, now you do, you know, your heroes, you know, LeBron, you know, Michael Jackson, I mean, everybody, you know, these people you admire and you allow them in your home. But back then, people did not want that. Thing. Yeah. So, yeah, those things are, you know, I wrote about a lot of that in my book, my two books. Uh, yeah, yeah, bestsellers. Some yeah. of the best-selling books. Yeah, great. Yeah. So, yeah, there were lots of stories, lots of stories. Sure. But, you know, we've come, we've come through it and we're here now. But see, there's still people who are suffering from People say, well, why are black people still so angry? Well, because this happened to our people, you know what I mean? We, yeah. we didn't come to America because we want to. We were, we were, we were shipped here. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, shipped, but we were shipped here at the bottom yeah, of yeah, it, yeah. you know? Wow, so, yeah, sure. uh, but yet still, we love America, and people get, 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 have gotten upset because this young man was on his knees, and they say it was the, the flag. It wasn't about the flag. It was about the cruelty that's still going on, I mean, and, you know, that, uh, that's happening. So people are people. Yeah, I think they have a right. I mean, look at the Holocaust and all those. Those people have a right to be, and they're bringing their people in to be, uh, uh, you know, you know, to, to figure out what to do with these people who are still alive. So um, there's. I think it's time. I think so. I'm, I'm happy about it. I'm not happy about the looting. Some crazy people are always in, you know, out there doing it all right. the time. Right. Yeah, always the bad people. I mean, it's, you're not talking about just one group of people. I and mean, people just. But still, then you go come back to another uh, situation. Sometimes people are, uh, you know, they're homeless. Sometimes they, they don't have a job. 
so you know yeah. maybe that you know the poverty. So you know people are doing things sometimes because of that. Uh, so all these yeah. things need to be looked at. And look at the educational system. You know, we the Supremes traveled the world, as I mentioned, and uh, not to blow my own horn, but uh, I was appointed a cultural ambassador. Sure. By Colin Powell. Uh, and uh, I had the opportunity again to travel the world and to, to, to um, you know, some of the, the AIDS uh, situations around the world. I was able to talk about that. But, you know, it's, it's kind of like one of those things where I forgot the point I was making, but I mean, there's so many things that yeah, so many points here in America that we need to, you know, we need to handle. People, when I traveled um, as an ambassador, everyone wanted to come here to America because America is so great. But look, here in America, our educational system is totally broken down. Sure. I, mean, when I was going to school back in the 60s. We had a great educational system. We learned, we had, uh, in fact, my granddaughter, one of my grandchildren just had her drive, got her driver's license. She, she passed the test and she was so happy. <laughs> I, I remember when we had driver's ed in school. I remember when we had, uh, the girls had uh, home economics. We learned how to cook, sew, do all those things. Boys had, uh, what was it called? Shop? I think it was shop or something like that. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And, and they learned how to build things, chairs, tables, da, 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 you know, all these things. We had all of that in our educational system. We don't have to do that. don't have that anymore. Wow. Yeah. So those are kind of all the things I'm saying that we used to be admired for, uh, uh, and everyone wanted to come to America. But right, right. now, we need to take care. We need to clean up our own crap. Here. Absolutely. Amen to that. Wow. Sure. Mm -hmm. Definitely, Mary. Well, well, I mean, thank you for that. I mean, you're absolutely right about everything you said. Uh, Mary, I'm going to ask you a few obligatory questions about your early career. Just because okay. maybe, I mean, my audience is mainly rock and roll fans, and maybe someone out there doesn't know about the great genesis of you and the Temptations, if you don't, if you don't mind. So mm -hmm. I do want to ask you about the moment you met Florence Ballard in Detroit. Um, by the way, what a voice she had, didn't she, Mary? Um, you were singing. You were singing at a talent show. If I got this right, you were singing one of Frankie Lyman's uh, and the Teenager songs. I'm not a juvenile delinquent. <laughs> <laughs> what do you remember, Mary, from when you met her? Like, what type of connection? What did you think? Like, just like the the first mm -hmm. couple times you met. Her. Well, first of all, I wasn't singing, and I bring that up because Florence was singing. She was singing a cappella to her her Ave Maria. She was singing. Mm -hmm. I was actually pantomiming to the song you mentioned. Uh, I'm not a juvenile delinquent, and it was a Frank, as you mentioned, Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers, my favorite group in life. In fact, I would say they really, you know, sort of were the ones that helped me to want to be a singer. And uh, so they were the popular, popular group, group back then, you know, like Michael Jackson and the Boys and Men and, 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 you know, all those male groups that are out there now. And, uh, but they were in the 60s, the 50s. They were the group. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I, I don't know how I got in my mind to, 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 to pantomime to their record. I mean, I wasn't thinking of becoming a singer or a performer, but I, I did. And I, so I pantomimed and I put on my brother's uh, blue jeans and leather jacket. And, you know, I had my hair tied back with a do-rag here because black guys had that because they they had to do, you know, the hair with the fairy curls. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, 
So anyway, I, I did, and 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 the, and and the crowd just went crazy. And for me, you see, this was the first time I had ever done anything like that in my life. I mean, I would wake up in the morning, seeing, seeing, you know, and I was in all the choirs and the glee club. But I was just, I did that because that's that's what I, you know, it was okay. And but Florence, on the other hand, I didn't know her at the time, but she came on and she did this song Ave Maria and. And her and we were only what eleven or twelve, okay, or, or thirteen maybe, and uh, and and she sang. Her voice was so big after the, after our performances. I went I went up to her, or she came up to me. I forgot who did what, and I told her, I mean, my God, your voice is so beautiful. And everybody in the gymnasium was feeling the same way because she didn't have any music and she was just singing. I shouldn't try to do that. <laughs> oh, no. Thank you for that. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's thank you for that. <laughs> I love it. We love it. We love it. We love it. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, and then she said, you got everybody in the gymnasium just rocking and rolling. You were like, really? And I was like saying to myself, wow, that really felt great. So she and I walked home together that afternoon. Uh, at the school, and uh, you know, we just said everyone's putting these little groups together, and if anyone thinks about it, let's you know, let's think of each other, and we became friends. Uh, and a couple of weeks later, she came up to me on the playground, and she said, uh, "She said, Mary, did my sister knows this group called the Primes, and they want to put together a girl group." And uh, and she said, "I told them about you, and she told them about me." And then one of the guys went across the street, and you know that girl Diane, who lives across the street, right across from you. They asked her if she wanted to sing because she's always out there playing and singing around. And that's how we got involved uh, in, in singing. And we went over audition for these guys called the Primes, who in two of them ended up being um, members of the Temptations, Paul Williams and Eddie Kendricks. And you know, Eddie had a great fall. And you auditioned for Milton Jenkins for this, right? Well, he was Milton Jenkins was their manager. But he was there, and also there was um, uh, Betty McGlon, who mm. he was, I guess, dating one of the guys, because she was a little older, too. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they, they, they said, okay, we're going to call you girls the Primettes, and uh, that's how we started singing. I must also say that, uh, which I didn't find this out until much later, uh, yeah. one of the other ladies who was there dating one of the guys was uh, 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 Janie Bradford. Oh, Janie Bradford was the lady who actually was one of the co-writers of Money by Barry Strong. Money, that's what I want, you know. Yeah, so yeah. she was there as well. And uh, so that kind of rounded out that whole little scenario of, of how we started singing as the Primettes, because they called us the Primettes. And of course, Betty left pretty soon. We, we then pulled into the group uh, Barbara Martin. Right. Who, who was who was actually recommended to us by uh, uh, Melvin Franklin of the Temptations? No way. Yeah, yeah. So, and and so, she unfortunately passed away in March, right? She just passed away a couple of weeks ago. It, well, now, yeah, in March. March. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, that that rounded out our 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 group. Um, and so people always ask, well, how did you become three when you had started out as four? That was primates. And we said, well. After Betty left, then Barbara uh, uh, came to the group, and she recorded in our first album, Meet the Supremes. A lot of people are not aware of that. Uh, so 
she ended up staying for a little while, but then decided that she wanted to get married and uh, leave. So all these years, in fact, the last time I spoke to her, I said, how, how, does, how does it feel, you know, that you didn't come with the Supreme? Yeah. She said, you know what? She says, it's some, I thought about it a lot. She said, but I love my husband, Willie. And so I said, well, you, you're the only one who, who uh, you know, had someone for all these years. So I guess, you know, you had a great life. She, had, she was still in love with the same man all those years. That's nice. Okay, so yeah. at, least, at least you picked that right. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. She did. She really did. Oh, Mary, that's phenomenal. Great. Thank you for gracing us with those stories. So you guys played in all the best places in the world, Mary, obviously. Uh, I want to ask you about a specific performance when you played for the royal family in London. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was, that, that was crazy, right? You know, you had Princess Margaret, Prince Charles. Can you mm-hmm. tell us a little bit details about that? Like, uh, tell us, like, the food. Tell us about... Uh, transportation just paint us a picture a little bit <laughs> well you know this was in 1968 and it was a time when we the supremes had really become uh you know sort of like a, a major act around the world um, and by this time we had traveled to all the major countries uh sweden um germany and 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 so in england we, the Supremes, and Motown, I should say, not just the Supremes, but Motown, all the, um, uh, the, the, the artists became very famous in, in the UK. Still today, they love us madly in the UK, I gotta say this. Mm-hmm. There's anyone listening, you know, from the UK. Yeah. And, and so, anyway, we were invited uh, for the Royal Variety Show um, to be a part of this. They, they did a Royal Variety Show every year. And so it was televised there in England and well, all over, you, you, not just the UK, but all over Europe, actually. And so anyway, it was, we were asked to be a part of that. And on the show was Inkerbert Humperdinck, I recall, Tatula Clark, who was also very famous at the time. Diane Carroll was on. And there were many other English uh, artists on as well. Um, and so anyway, when we were asked to, to be a part of it, this, of course, made our lives because in the 60s, I mean, no one. Oh, yeah. We, I mean, we, it wasn't like today. Everybody knows the royal family and knows their history and all those kind of things. But back then, it was still the borders weren't as open as they are now. Sure. So uh, this was a huge honor, a huge honor. I mean, still it's a huge honor now, but I mean, but it was just, it was only open to a few people, right? Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> So, well, yeah, we were very happy, and by this time, we had started wearing a lot of these gorgeous gowns, and Michael Travis designed this gown for us. We call them, the, I call them the Queen Mother gowns afterwards, because we wore them there. And so uh, it was, you know, one of those shows where um, we were treated royally, and, and, and to, be in, to be in that receiving line, and, and to be singing before all of the dignitaries uh, from England, um, in the UK, not just England, but the UK, it was such an honor for us. I mean, we felt like, wow, we have definitely made it. We're singing for the royal family. You know how mm-hmm. many people can say that back in the 60s. And we were still just out of the project. You know, we still we were still, you know, and the Civil Rights Bill had only just been passed. So this was like really a major thing. And, um, you know, the Queen Mother was absolutely just adorable. Um, and, and I remember Princess Margaret, after she was there with us, she says, and, and, my, and my husband, Lord Snowden, and she just clearly walked on, you know. 
Uh, and it was amazing because she and I became friends years later. I mean, not years later, we became friends after that. Uh, and I did a lot of her uh, charity shows. Uh, and back. I remember one, I did it with uh, uh, the Four Tops, and I went over and did this her Very nice. her show. So yeah, yeah, it was it was one of it was one of those uh, great moments in history when I can Absolutely. say that we 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 were a part of a lot of history. I was looking the other night for this uh, on TV. It was like uh, the six, 60, 1968. They had a you know one of these documentaries. And uh, I didn't see everything, but someone called and said, Mira, you know, you guys were on that, uh, on that television show. But we were always in, uh, in moments in history. We've been involved in a lot of those moments, great moments like that. Absolutely. Yeah. You're part of the American fabric, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. Did you ever get nervous, Mary? I mean, look, we're talking about, you know, the, um, the, the audition, with, you know, for Milton Jenkins and the Primes and the royal family. It seems like you, you guys, the three of you were like so focused, so hungry. Any nervousness at all? Like, was there ever, or were you just like, you know, focused gazelles? Well, we were very focused as a group. We, I, I got to say that for young women, and especially one for young black women at the time, nowadays, you know, you see all these wonderful, great uh, young performers out there, and they're all, you know, they're doing so much and doing so well. And, and uh, but back in the '60s, for black pe people, it wasn't something that was a, a, a normal situation. Be outside of your environment into a, on a worldwide stage and to be so focused. But you know, it was three of us, I should say, the four of us, who decided that we wanted to go to Motown to to uh, record. It was the four of us who won the um, Emancipation uh, Day uh, concert that we were involved in. Uh, you know, it was, it was, it was, then it was the three of us who decided, you know, we want to do this, we wanted this. So we were really, we really loved, I, I should say, what we were doing. You know, we loved yeah. it and, and we made our own decisions. Once we got to Motown, obviously the decisions were, you know, were made by, you know, Motown and, and the people there, which was all great because I know that, uh, uh, again, on that 1968 documentary that, that was out, they talked about Hubert Humphrey. Well, we actually endorsed Hubert Humphrey mm. uh, back then. And, uh, you know, things like that. We had our own bread. We did a lot of, uh, what do you call it, commercials. We had our an air it. Under on commercial, we were saying, I hear a symphony, and they raise the arm and show whatever. <laughs> we had our own bread called Supreme White Bread, which we got a lot of flack from a lot of different people because, you know, it's like, why are you black people singing about white bread? Well, that's the only kind of bread we ate back in those days. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Now we got millions of, you know, you got the old Yeah, gluten free. Back then, we only had one of the bread, right? Sure, that's sure. The bread. So, uh, but yes, yeah, so we were just involved in so many things, and I and I do have to say that, as you mentioned, in the very beginning, we made our own decisions, and after that, we were very lucky to be at Motown because they made some great decisions for us there. That's it. Wow, you, you're being so kind with your time. Let me just ask you a few light questions, and then I'll let you go. But this is so much okay. fun, Mary. That's all right. So I, let me touch on Dancing with the Stars a little bit. Um, you know, you were one of the participants for those that don't know in ABC's uh, hit show. Right. Uh, recently, you unfortunately got eliminated a little bit early. 
Uh, but I must, I, I, but I'm, I'm curious about something, Mary. Um, sure. You just said that you guys made your own decisions, especially a lot at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Was mm -hmm. it hard to go at this time in your career to, to uh, a show and, and have so many people kind of telling you what to do and, and, and how to do it and all that? I'm glad you brought that up because that was the only thing that I didn't like. <laughs> it was to be told how to do this, how to do that, you know. Uh, but, but that's kind of the way things are, are run these days. Um, I absolutely adored being on the show. You know, it reminded me so much of, of like the Ed Sullivan show, because again, it was a family show. Uh, and, and so now with dancing with the stars also, it was, it was more of a, everybody to watch that show, all the entire family. So I enjoyed being a you know, on it. I was so happy when they asked me to, to be a part of it. And, and yeah, I, I thought I came off a little early, but you know, that's, that's the way it is these days. Yeah. One thing that the only, the only thing that I would have to say, and I'm glad you brought it up instead of me was that, yeah, they kind of do tell you everything, you know, and they have, they have the, 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 your sisters who come and they dress you and they do this and they take your clothes off. And I, I'm, you know, I've been doing my own show and my own thing for years, so I don't want anybody taking my clothes off and, you know, and, and putting things in my, put your falsies in, you know, these, <laughs> all these kind of things. So right. that, that, was the, that was the one thing that I didn't like. But I tell you what was really great. Tell was, me, tell me. It was my, my, my partner. Well, I shouldn't say partner. He was actually the coach, my coach, uh, mm -hmm. Brandon. Such a lovely guy. In really? fact, oh yeah, he was very, you know what I liked about him was that he respected who I was, but he also knew, you know, how to tell me how to do dance, you know, do the different dances. Because I, some of those dances, the waltzes and the tangos and all the things, it's, it's very strategic, strategical, you know, and how you have to move and do this and, and certain things you can't do, certain things you can't. Well, I've always done choreography with the Supreme. Right. Acton was our teacher back in Motown. So I learned how to dance. I knew how to do that and have someone to tell you. But these were different kinds of dance, you know, that I didn't I didn't know how to do. And he was very respectful in, in the way that he told me how to do certain things. And he always called me Miss Mary, which I love. Oh, yes. And he was really cool. So anyway, shout out to Brandon. Hey, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brandon, for treating Miss yes. Mary with the respect that she is. She's an American yes. icon. Yes. Uh, that's a great story, Mary. Thanks for sharing that. Mary, how does it feel today, you know, when you walk to like a Walgreens or like random place <laughs> and like you hear your songs, like, you know, a grocery store, like, is, is it, yes. is, what do you feel? You know, you're reading my mind today because that just happened to me the other day. And, and usually when it happens, it's just me knowing that they're playing Love Child or they're playing I Hear a Symphony or Come See About Me or Baby Love is always, always stopping the name of love. But the, about the, earlier this, well, last week it was now, uh, someone, um, I, I, I had just heard Love Child and I'm like, oh, wow, wow, wow. So I was meeting my friend at uh, Starbucks and the next moment and we both all had our mask on, you know, the things like that. And so she brought her little her, her niece with her, and she said uh, her niece when her, when her niece heard that she was coming to meet me, her niece was like, oh my God, Mary, what's up, your friend? So I was so thrilled to be able to tell her that guess what, you just missed Love Child playing in the grocery store, you know? She said I did. I'm like, yeah. I said I wanted someone to tell, but I didn't have anyone to tell. So I'm telling you, <laughs> to say Love Child, and I'm like. 
That must be the craziest feeling. Wow. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mary, that's great. You've, you've met, and, uh, you mentioned previously that you're, you have an interest in maybe doing a Broadway musical. Is that something that you're still thinking about? Oh, yes. I, 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 ever since I've written my first book, I wanted to do a movie or, or some oh, something uh, on the Supremes because I feel that we really, in American history, we really did, we did a lot. Uh, at, a, at a time, I mean, people today are doing a lot as well, the artists today, the young artists, and I'm so proud of Ice Cube and, and Queen Latifah and, you know, oh, yeah. all the people who are doing, they're just doing wonderful things. But back then, it was not something that, you know, a lot of Black people did and were given the, uh, uh, the honors that they should have been given. You know, the Sammy Davises, the Ella Fitzgeralds, uh, Ethel Waters, Dorothy Dantridge. I mean, you can name all the great Right. black actresses, actresses and actors uh, and and they were they were well loved but yet still the laws prohibit people really giving them the full uh, honors that they should receive so um why was i saying about that <laughs> well why was i saying that <laughs> because we're talking about broadway about the yeah, broadway, broadway. That, that's why it was yeah. a point it was yeah. a point that's why i wanted to make sure i say yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh i you know when i wrote my book people I was always told black people have got to write their own stories. And so when I wrote my first one, and as you mentioned earlier, it was a bestseller. Then I had my second book, Supreme of Faith. And then I've done my third one, Supreme Glamour, which is a coffee table book about the um, uh, Supreme gowns and all the glamorous things we've done in our career. And uh, so I said, you know, I had tried earlier on to do a movie and they said, oh, no one wants to see that, you know. And, and, you know, it's, it's old news is what they were saying, you know, Supreme said, oh, there's too many young people doing great things. And, you know, but then I look at these movies and, and everything is about men. Sorry to say this, but it's yeah. a movies about men. And the only right. time that is really something about the, a woman is if it's so tragic, you know, like, uh, like uh, Tina Turner, you know, and, and right. all the tragedy. So I'm like, well, what about the, there's so many women who made history. And, and, and they sh we should tell their stories, you know? 100%. Uh, and so I've always, I bring this up because I've always wanted to have my books made into movies and the time was never right. But I think the time is right now. Yes. And since, since my dear friend Otis Williams uh, did, the, you know, The Temptations on Broadway, I'm like, well, you know, maybe I, we should try to do The Supremes on Broadway. So I am working towards that. And hopefully oh. it, this is the, the time it's good for it. Oh, and, man, yes. You know, yeah, we had some ups and downs, and we had a lot of downs, a lot of ups, and some tragedies and things like that. But I don't want to dwell on just the tragedies. I want to show how life is about ups and downs. Yes. And, and, but still, there's something that you should be, it should be applauded on, on, on some of the things that we've done. And so, yeah, I do want to do that. Okay. Yeah. Mary, I think, I think that's a great place to leave it. You've been so generous with your time. This has been so fun, Mary. It's been an honor to interview you. Thank you so much, Mary. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, I do want to bring up one last thing. Yeah, oh, absolutely. please. Whatever you want to bring. No, that, that I, because it's, speak about things that uh, so many people have done in terms of the music industry, and that has to do with uh, some of the bills that have been passed. There yeah. was one recently that was passed called the Music Modernization Act. Mm -hmm. and, and it has to do with uh, artists who recorded uh, pre-1972, it was, 
not being paid with all the screamings and, and you know, all these different things where our music is being used. We got our royalties, most of us got our royalties, but I mean, but then now people can go on, download the music, upload it, do I, you know, I, I'm not really technically uh, yeah. about all this stuff, but the, our music is being used and the artists are not being paid for it. Okay. Now, people are being paid, someone's being paid. And so this, this uh, modernization, Music Modernization Act, is one that I'm very proud of to have been a part of because hopefully it'll help uh, people and maybe their estates, people who passed on to receive more money. There's also another thing going up that I'm working to see, find out more about, and that's called the Reversion uh, Act. And it has had to be about uh, songwriters uh, in terms of their music being used uh, on streaming. And now maybe it might come to vocalists. I'm not sure. I'm still doing research on that. So I would like anyone who knows more about it to give me a call and let me find out about that too. So, you know, I'm not, I've always been involved in trying to do things to help uh, people in the music industry because people don't, we get our awards and they think that we're all happy, but there are people who uh, are stealing our names. And there was another bill that I was involved with called Truth in Music. And so that's something that I'm, I'm working towards, maybe getting it passed in the federal courts. Right now it's passed in a lot of states, I think over 30 states. So this too will help people and their, their families uh, to, to, you know, to, to receive accolades that they should. Sure. Mary, we don't, we don't need a Broadway play from you. We need a holiday. We need a national holiday. That's what we need. Oh, oh well, well, I'll tell you what, what would be really great. Not for me. I mean, I'm proud of three, me, Diana, Flo, you know, and Barbara and Betty. But uh, I'm also working on getting a U.S. stamp for Florence Ballard. Ah. Uh, so if, any, now if, if anyone would care to write into the U.S. Uh, United States uh, Stamp Committee in Washington, D.C., and send a letter saying why they feel that the, not you have to have passed. So the Supremes can't receive one, but Florence Ballard can. Okay, that's nice. I would, that would love. That's something I'm working on, and and I, I just hope that people will think that's important enough, especially the women and black women, you know, who I think that yeah. we have inspired. Uh, and and so Florence was a part of all of that. We'll put all the information on how to do this in the uh, in the in the okay. episode description and all that and all that. Okay, thank you. Oh, Mary, thank you so much. Such a treat, such a treat. Thank you're, you. such a, you're such a wonderful person. Thank you, Mary. <laughs> thank you very much. All, all right. right, nice meeting you. Take care. Stay safe. Wear your mask when you go out. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Bye, bye.